And I use a feather razor, like a single little, little friend instead of mm -hmm. a plie. So you can cut someone if they get out of control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, said, sit down. <laughs> yeah, I just, I like to use it like a pencil. Uh, That's really cool. It makes more sense to everything I can draw like as a line or it works like a point instead of like a file line. Hi everyone, I'm David Bosher. And I'm Sid Sharice. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. Sid, do you still wash your hair? Not since I've been using new wash. No need for conditioners, masks, or post-wash detanglers. Are you talking about the non-toxic detergent-free shampoo and conditioner replacement by Hair Story? Yes, and all of our listeners can get a free pouch of new wash. Visit hairstory.com slash DTH. I'm already typing it in. As coaches, we are constantly asked for recommendations on what we think is the best booking software for salons and hairdressers, and we finally found it. We are excited to introduce you to Gloss Genius, rated Reader's Choice number one software by Beauty Launchpad. Now we know what you're thinking. You're going to have to switch all of your clients over to this new software. But guess what? Gloss Genius is going to do that for you for free. DTH listeners get their first month free on us, as well as your very own stunning credit card reader. An $80 value. To sign up, head to the App Store, download Gloss Genius, G-L-O-S-S-G-E-N-I-U-S, -S -S and enter code DESTROY. We're still at our house. You and me, my my house. You're We're upstairs. Still. I'm downstairs. Mm -hmm. However, the studio is open, and we do plan on getting back in there as soon as possible. I can't wait to just I, like I don't do anything. Like everybody's like, "Oh, it must be so cool living in New York." And I'm like, I stay in my one block radius. I like go to the Starbucks. I go to the grocery store. I go to the CVS. So do they? So do all of our listeners. I know, do the right? same thing. Judge me. Because I don't think our listeners are Dunkin' Donuts people. Mm -mm. I just don't think it's. I just don't think that's who they are. Maybe they are. Maybe they are the Dunkin' family. <laughs> America runs on Dunkin'. I don't know. But, but we're not getting we paid just, for that. Yeah, that wasn't an ad. Uh, <laughs> but before we get into our crazy nonsense, I am excited about our guest today. We gave you a preview of his episode on our last podcast. Mm -hmm. Andy Judd is with us. His our first guest of 2021. First guest. His handles Andy underscore does your hair. And we have been following you for a very long time and watching you kind of grow your career. I would say grow your career on Instagram. Like mm -hmm. I feel like that's that's really what's happened. So welcome, Andy. Welcome. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so Andy, what is going on? What how did you become so popular on Instagram? Because I I think so many people are looking to figure out how to build a following, how to do that with hair without being boring and annoying. And you kind of, you kind of grew really, from my opinion, really quickly on Instagram. Yeah. Well, um, you, I don't, <laughs> it's kind of crazy because it is a little newer. Uh, We're like, so talk all about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I was 
since I was in hair school um, in 2015, I started posting regularly, just kind of keeping track where I could be aware of what I was doing and growing and really heavily critiquing myself. I mean, up until this point. So it might feel relatively quick to a lot of people, but I feel like to me, it was like a really slow burn of Mm -hmm. just completely evaluating continuously. I started working at Local Honey and that's when my business really started to shift. And where's Local Honey? In Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so there's three locations. I'm at the East Nashville location, which is my favorite just because East Nashville is a really good community and it's a little bit more, it's pretty cool. I love <laughs> um, Nashville so much. I love Tennessee so much. So fun. So beautiful. But yeah, I started there. There's a lot of musicians that were, live in Nashville, obviously. So I would say the culture a little bit as a whole is people really want individual looks that they really play up quite a bit, especially when people could go out. It was a really big thing in the community. <laughs> Remember those days? I know. <laughs> what is going out? <laughs> the funny thing is I never really went out. So like my life isn't dramatically different. <laughs> No, it's true. For all of us introverts, we're like, oh, we get to stay home and not have to change our clothes. It's absolutely what I mean. Yeah, it's I great. I saw this meme where this girl, it wasn't a meme, it was a TikTok, and this girl goes outside. It's like, what are you going to do when the pandemic's over? And she goes outside and she's like, oh, the pandemic's over. And then she's like, okay, back inside. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so true. But I, I'm curious, is your following following for your work or are they obsessed with you? Ooh, I would, I hope it's my work. I really hope it's the work. (laughs) I think it's the work because I try not to post a lot of me. But the posts that are of you are, you always have different hair. You always have a different look going on. I think people are living for that a little bit. I mean, that's, that's cool that people resonate with that because that's just really like, oh, here's a regular, like an update because I changed myself all the time. I'm still alive. Yeah, basically like, I'm okay. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) And what, what got you into like the hair industry? And when did you notice that your following was growing? I mean, you have 40,000, over 40,000 followers. Yeah. um, That just happened on Christmas Eve. So that was a little bit of a weird (laughs) holiday present. But it's okay. So that was a, that was a loaded question. I like it. Doubling up, I started gaining more followers, I think really heavily over quarantine. Right in March, I had just taught uh, Hair Story with a few other stylists and I just reached 20 by that class. And then that was in March. So not a crazy long time ago. Over quarantine, I definitely started sharing myself a little bit more, kind of how you're saying that I share, like, I changed my hair a lot in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, like, fun to, like, integrate a little bit more myself onto the page. Oof, what are some of your other questions? Repeat what you asked. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) So you said that you noticed that your growth happened after the class that you taught or during quarantine? That's incredible. Well, quarantine happened a week after. So it was kind of all in the same general boat, but it really just started taking off while we were in quarantine when I was posting about three times a day instead of like one or two, just kind of throwing back. That's when also like competition entry season started. So I just started taking everything from the past year that I created and reposting it onto my page. So I just had a ton of backlog of content that still felt fresh because I was entering it. And I think because people were also at a time where they couldn't get their haircut, they were like, oh, all of this consistent haircut posting, like it makes me want a haircut. Should I do this to my haircut? Then also at the same time, Tiger King came out. 
Um, <laughs> and I don't know if y'all watch Drag Race or not, but Crystal Method was yes. also on Drag Race at the same time. <laughs> and I feel like the mullet conversation started really intensely happening mm-hmm. there. So when I was just reposting all of the mullets that I had done the past year, I feel like it really just kind of like skyrocketed. And that then TikTok became this huge thing. Of Especially like, in our <laughs> queer community too. It was just like, yeah, like let's do this, which let's is be, so awesome. Let's be real. The mullet never left the queer community. First off, oh, no, I had a Tegan yeah. and Sarah mullet back in 2009. <laughs> and Thank I you. That shit, exactly. Okay? <laughs> like I, I, I should post some pictures. Like it is, I had shaved sides I like I I into it. I should them up right now. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I look like a whole different lesbian now than I used to look like. Like there's like definitely something shifted. So so you were able to kind of really just be yourself and kind of grow this following but i'm i for people that are listening and trying to figure out because i i think that you've hacked maybe without knowing or trying this growth this following this growth that everyone's trying to figure out how to do i think if you were to tell people at home like this is what i did this is what i did consistently or this is what i did regularly that i think really worked what would that be just so people can kind of you know, grasp. You could give like one wisdom, one piece of wisdom. Oh, this God. is going on your tombstone. This is uh, to narrow it down <laughs> to one. That's intense. I mean, you could do more than one. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll elaborate because I've a rambler. <laughs> I do think that you said the word consistency. That's number one. And that can narrow down into consistency of posting often, consistency of the way that you are going to post in terms of what is your posting style look like? Also, what makes yours different than what everybody else is doing at the same time? Because let's be real, I'm not the only hairstylist by far who's doing shags or mullets, Mm -hmm. especially even like a year ago. Like that conversation was already happening in the hair industry. I think I saw what they were doing, pulled inspiration from it. But instead of exactly copying, not even just their shapes, but like their posting style, it became Mm -hmm. significantly more authentic to me because I was trying to, how could I elaborate that, but do it my own way? There's this great book and I recommend it all the time. It's called um, Steal Like an Artist. Do you know what book I'm talking about? I don't, but I'm intrigued. (laughs) The author is Austin Kleon. And the whole concept is that steal like an artist, like nothing is original. Everything is a copy of a copy of a copy because everybody pulls inspiration from something or someone. And then no matter what, like even if I copied exactly off of a blueprint of what you've done, it would still be different in my own and unique because I did it. And so that's, I like, everybody's like, oh, there's this big shag movement. But if you really look at everybody, every artist, like everyone has their own tweak to that inspiration. And I think that's, that's really cool. And I think that's what sets you apart is like you, like, yes, people are going there for your work, but people are attracted to you. And I think that's the uniqueness that you're offering, which is so cool. Well, thanks. <laughs> That's so sweet. I don't. I don't. We just feel, love you. It's really, really kind. It's like let's just stare at each other through Zoom. Uh, I mean, I'm down. <laughs> it's very interesting, just to like. I don't know. I think we're are all of us, especially in like 2020, 2021, going into everything we've gone through this year. It's really easy to like get down on ourselves or think that we didn't do enough or yeah. all of that. So still not used to compliments in that way, but I appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. What's it been like? Did you, when you started your career, did you start working with the queer community mainly? Is that a community that you really, I know it's some uh, community that you identify with. Is it the community that you work with? I would say uh, now, especially, I feel like I try to integrate that as much as possible. Right before lockdown, I feel like there was a lot of stuff happening locally uh, in the community that I was 
too anxious to go to the first time because I have terrible like social anxiety, especially if it has nothing to do with the industry. Anyways, I was too nervous to go to it. And now that immediately everything canceled. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to like <laughs> communicate with my people. Cause now I've met yeah. a lot of the people who either run or just are involved in it. But throughout my industry in the first place, I interned immediately while I was also in hair school. And the owner of the small little shop I was interning at was queer. And it was cool to see him. He wasn't like older by any means, but he definitely would like, he owned his own business, was around the scene for a while. He taught at IBS. Okay. And I was interning, going to IBS with these people on a very like local, small level. But it was just like, this is really cool. It was an introduction to see like what the hair industry could be. And then to see how like queer people fit into it. I got to see a little Mm -hmm. bit behind the scenes from the very early of everything and just realizing there's queer identity there, but it's also just a very intensely masculine form of queer identity. Mm-hmm. And that's only continued elaborating. And so I recently I've been exploring myself more and becoming more comfortable and sharing that online about my gender identity of identifying on the as a non-binary and kind of playing around with all of the nuances that make a genderless haircut and also just like expressing myself in my and my gender while participating in the hair industry. Cause like there's not a ton of representation in that way mm-hmm. which is funny because it's like this in my opinion the hair world is for women and gay men and somehow right. it's been taken over by straight guys <laughs> yeah well <laughs> a, lot, a lot of straight guys and, running corporations and a lot of and like you said a lot of masculine identity around doing hair or at least that's glamorized for some reason it i mean it definitely is it's also just like we were let it was primarily like why if it's like hair is like women and like gay men, it's also just like that was accepted for a little bit. And I yeah. feel like now it's like even starting to play into like, well, yeah, the white gay male is like mm-hmm. absolutely represented because it like fits into that culture. Yep. Um, yeah. And now every we're, movie and every television exactly, show. Exactly. That's like stereotype. becoming accepted. And it's now like the reality is I like am a white, skinny, like cis passing human. Mm-hmm. And I can't be a voice of complete non-binary gender identity in the hair industry. But I feel like if I could help guide to where like, where are my POC non-binary people, where are my trans people of color like coming into the conversation? I really hope that's the direction that we can go into. Yeah. And I think it just starts with just sharing yourself more and then also opening those doors for other people. Absolutely. And we're really pushing like our our students in our community, like just to be like, show yourself, talk, like educate, really put your voice out there because it's needed and it's necessary and change and acceptance. It's never going to happen if we don't keep talking about all of these things and, you know, really educating people, even on pronouns, like this is huge, right. Or how to make spaces safe. Like that's completely missing in our industry. And so many people are jumping on board. We have so many allies, which is incredible. And thank you to all of the salons out there that are allies in our community, but we need to keep talking about it. We need to keep pushing this topic. When you think of being queer in the industry, what was your earliest experience of getting into that world? Or what pot, like you said, because you said uh, that you were kind of like experimenting with yourself and seeing where you sit with all, all of these identities and all of these pronouns and what were you were going to be. How does that show up early in your career as a hairdresser? Or where did it show up in your career as a hairdresser? Yeah, 
originally I feel like it was very like you have to start wearing the like hairdresser like black outfits right like that's the whole industry (laughs) it's like you just like wear solid black everywhere like even to hair shows it's like especially if you're interning so when I started when I moved back to Ohio because I was living in Rochester New York at the time I moved back to my hometown and I started working at a salon there with just a very free uh, owner, one of the most amazing people ever. I love her so much. She just like really encouraged to like do dress how you want, explore yourself, explore your own point of view. I didn't even feel ready to be on the floor. And like, this was like three years ago at all. I was like, oh, I know how to do what I was taught. I don't know how to do anything that I like. I would mm-hmm. see like images be like, oh, I want to share this. I love this. I'm like, oh, I don't actually know if I know how to do something <laughs> like that because it's the polar opposite of the way I was like strictly taught. Like this is hair. Yeah. Even if it wasn't like hair looks like this, it was like, this is how you cut hair. Yeah. So yeah. I really just kind of started breaking my own rules and then playing around with just like wearing whatever I wanted to behind the chair, which just turns into what it is now. <laughs> I love that like freedom and expression of who you are too, which is so important. And there's a lot of like, in this industry, people will like shut that down quickly because so-and-so not professional. And I think that needs to just, just go in the trash for 2021. <laughs> I fully agree. <laughs> I fully agree. What well, did you, have you had struggles of any kind besides internal? Obviously we all have any part of the LGBTQIA plus community. We have struggles, internal struggles, but when it comes to the industry, what did you feel you struggled most with when it came to finding your queer identity? Obviously, I had the internal struggles of just individual confidence. But I think in the industry as whole, I would just like kind of look around and see. I just, it was just more representation. Like I didn't really yeah. see anybody even like me on the on hair show floors, kind of like really anywhere major in the industry of that I was introduced to because I had yet to find my own little bubble of community, which Instagram obviously leads you to finding your people, which is fantastic, but it definitely mm-hmm. didn't happen immediately. So I, I, I mean, I think we all kind of struggle with mm-hmm. like getting into the yeah. hair industry. We're like, Oh, should we like really continue to do this? Especially when we see behind the scene curtain and stuff, everything like that. We're like, is this for me? How much do I have to do? like for free, honestly, to be able to <laughs> yeah. like build your career. And then yep. also it's just like, sometimes you get really stuck in those situations. It's like, how do I build something completely just exclusively that's mine while also being able to participate? I think that was the biggest struggle of just seeing yeah. like the road, there's no path already pre-designed for me that I have to really design it myself. Which is kind of lonely. Mm-hmm. A little totally. But I think there's a lot of people that are probably like, have been craving your like someone like you to be like oh my god like this is who like he's just like me like how do I how do I attach to that so like sometimes I think that's that's the more important of like really showing ourselves on social media because there's so many people out there that need to see that but yeah have you found that your followers have reached out or you've become kind of a mentor to people like what what are you seeing from the people that are finding you that are in the same community Yeah, I see a lot of really talented people, first of all. Like, there's so many talented hairdressers out there who really are in the same vein of world and liking. So I find a lot of supportive hairdressers. I also find a lot of supportive hairdressers that want to get their hair done, which I think is amazing. I love to do hairdressers' hair. I do. Um, (laughs) I also, with the recent grow, it is a lot more uh, clientele-based followers. I feel like it was there for a while. It was really just industry people. 
Yeah. Now it definitely breaks up to where I do get a lot of messages. And as I'm going to be so honest, I'm so bad at responding to messages. It's so hard <laughs> for me. I get so much anxiety about it. That's when you know you need an assistant. Yeah, I, mean, well, I would respond. love <laughs> to like just somebody oh, please go through my messages and organize me because <laughs> I miss so much. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of message requests and I had to turn off like my reactions to stories and stuff like that. So that way it's like people can just write things. I think yeah. I reinstalled them just recently because I was like, maybe it like engages more conversation. I don't know. Where yeah. people like reacting to every single thing yeah sometimes it's like really intense and then it all goes into the message system so then everything else gets lost <laughs> yeah but um i have a lot of people message me about their starting hair school uh, and just any advice and anything like that and it's just always the same advice just like hair school is kind of what it is just go into it knowing that like it's a way to do hair and yeah. really focus on like the sanitation and everything like that but really if you have a vision for yourself don't and you know, they're trying to tell you that's not how things are done. There's no way things are done um, yeah. as long as it's with intention. And also you're not harming anybody. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Please don't harm other people. That's yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like maybe like learn the rules of bleach is always a good thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah like let's not. Yeah. And all those salons that have a hundred volume with like the red tape around it, like maybe be careful. Like, I have never seen that, but that scares me. More of a reason to <laughs> wear a mask. City, is that a New York City thing where we're just like walking around with 100 volume illegally? You've never you know seen that? like I've Japan, they can't that. even have over 20 volume. Like it's illegal. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I'm so sensitive to color. Like I, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. As I say, no one can see you, but he has, Andy has bleached up hair and like kind of green. So I don't understand how you have sensitive. I do. <laughs> it's so sensitive. There's only one developer that doesn't like fully irritate me. It's so real. Oh <laughs> That's hilarious. But I think, no, it's, it's one of those things where people go to school and I think they, I think people get jaded and mm-hmm. then they get out in the industry, they go work for someone, they get more jaded. And then it kind of is this downward spiral. Right now you're working in a salon. Yeah. What's the, and you work, what's, you work at? Local Honey. Local Honey. I don't know why I can't remember that. So you work at Local Honey now. Are you at work right now while we're talking to you? No, I'm at home. Okay. You're at (laughs) home. So I can ask you, I can ask you private questions. Uh, Do you have plans to go beyond Local Honey? And are you comfortable talking about that? Oh, yeah. Well, so Local Honey is a great business and we just bought a house. So I'm going to definitely be in Nashville indefinitely, (laughs) Um, you know, and I work, I say we, uh, my partner, Joe and I, we moved from Cincinnati to Nashville together to work at Local Honey together. Awesome. Joe's a hairstylist as well. Yeah. Yeah. He's super talented. Oh my goodness. I got to look him up. Yeah. (laughs) At Hair by Joe C. He's great. (laughs) Um, tell, Tell us more. Yeah, so we just, we moved here together. So we get to like really pin with each other all the time and really just talk hair. Like we really fully develop everything. Like we're a full team. It's fantastic though, because we moved to Local Honey to work together to be able to do a lot of photo shoots. Uh, Brian Hickman, who's the creative director, is ridiculously talented. So we like fully look up to him. And we, knock on wood, we've like we've become like actual friends with them. And we've fully just been able to create a lot of photo shoots and content together and travel and teach together before COVID. So no, I don't think we'll leave. <laughs> You're not <laughs> leaving in local honey. Yeah, there. no, we'll be here. I mean, we also are in complete control of our schedule, so we can take off anytime we want. And they encourage you to, us to travel and teach. So it's Perfect. not something where I'm worried about that in any way. 
you know, I'm just like, I'm going to be there. I'm going to have so my house. So what you're saying is that if salon owners give their staff freedom and let them do what they need to do to live their lives, they'll stay forever. That, that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. We, that's all we that's teach always to people. That's all we've been trying to tell like, people. <laughs> commission salons with maximum amount of freedom, unlimited sick do days, you, vacation days, let your stylists have their own prices, and yeah. like they will stay with you forever. That's the exact it's situation local, we have. It's commission. Yeah, yeah, I'm a commission-based stylist. With all the freedoms. Yep. Genius. Yeah, yeah it's great. I, I mean, it's also it like they're, they're fortunate too because they have so many employees. They have three locations. So, yeah. they, I mean, it definitely works for them. There are people that work with me that work maybe one or two days a week. Um, mm, and that's before it. COVID, we're just continuously traveling all the time and it wasn't like an issue. What do you find, like when you're teaching, do you have a specific thing you're teaching? Do you have a curriculum? Do people call you for a very... Is it the mullet? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I definitely think like when people are like, oh, please come out to my salon. I would love you to teach. I think it's a little bit like, Tosh, cut a mullet. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like very that. Um, but I, I love that. So I'm here for it. Um, yeah, yeah. My curriculum that I created is called Sketch and Sculpt. Um, cool. Just kind of like what I realized when I was working behind the chair, I always sketch into the shape with a razor and then I always dry cut, uh, refine. So that's kind of the sculpting method of how I was doing it. And I use a feather razor, like a single little, little friend instead of mm-hmm. a plie. So you can cut someone if they get out of control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, sit down. <laughs> yeah, I just, I like to use it like a pencil. Uh, that's really it makes cool. more sense to everything I can draw like as a line um, or more to like a point instead of like a file line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long have you been cutting with a razor? Is that... Is that a new thing or you picked one up and that was the end? It's like three and a half years now. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's I was awesome. uh, at a hair show in Chicago with my old crew from my hometown. And I like spent the entire day just watching like Nick Arojo cut hair at the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was the first time I really saw anyone actually diffuse hair in front of me. So I just fully watched that. And then my salon owner at the time just bought me a little feather razor. And that's what I've been using. That's awesome. This is who I am now. This is an extension of me. Yeah, it was like, and this is now the saving grace of everything. Because I came from a dry cutting background, so that's why I was like, when I was looking at texture hair, I was like, how do I even like approach that? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. So I'm looking at Hair by Josie, which is yeah. your partner. Yeah, he does not have forty thousand no followers. <laughs> he has a different. He has a different audience on Instagram. It's but important did, to have different audiences. That's what's so cool about it. How did you and Joe meet? Ooh, we met. When I was in Rochester, I was looking up salons to work at in Cincinnati and he uh, was at a salon. Actually, it was his hair page that I viewed as like the whole salon's work. Um, <laughs> so I like fully just wanted, I was like in so in love with the work. So I was like, oh my God, I want to work at the salon. Then I realized it was him. Then we just became kind of online friends until I moved and I hung out with him the first week. We were there just as like platonic friends to go into the salon and then we just like haven't hung, like stopped hanging out. So you know, it's we need like, to do a couple of episodes. <laughs> I know we do. So we need to do a couple stories. of episodes. There, we have so many like people we brought on, and then we like we fall in love with their whole families, like yeah, and, like follow their path. I'm like so many people and their kids and stuff. I'm like we need to have like just like a podcast summit where all these people we've had like come and see us. So so if people want to learn from you, are you teaching now or are you? You're on hold. I'm on hold. Are you hold. doing any Zoom stuff? You're I'm not, not doing it. any Zoom stuff. No, I'm not. I, you know, You're not sure, a Zoomer? Well, I, I like being on Zoom. I'm not mad <laughs> by it. I think it was a little bit more of, oh, okay, how do I 
first of all, cancel everything that I had planned for the year. Mm -hmm. How do I then pivot into an online curriculum where everything was a look and learn? And I was like, okay, do I supply models with that? How do I film that? Because I wouldn't want to just film it on my phone. Um, I mean, I could, but it's like, it kind of boils down to if I'm going to do that level of production, I'm going to do that level of production. Mm -hmm. And until I have the means to do something where I feel like it's at the level where I would want it to be immediately, I'm not going to like go and kind of half-ass quick it. I would rather develop it over time to where I know it would be substantial and maybe last a little bit longer than what it might if I just kind of started doing it. Also, good things are working. Welcome to the struggles of 2021. Yeah, like it's very like I'm bad with tech anyways. It takes me a minute. (laughs) At this point, it's like, are we all just a production team and hairdresser? Like everything has become... (laughs) And social media influencers. Just all (laughs) so much responsibility. (laughs) Do you, having, having a lot of followers... Is that, do you like that as someone, but you mentioned that you kind of have social anxiety and things like that. Does it, is it kind of a different type of anxiety to have a lot of people that you know are paying attention to what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's really kind of overwhelming. It's very cool because, uh, I mean, people are sweet. So it comes with a lot of like that, a lot of positives to it, but it's definitely, I mean, I just started becoming comfortable with myself enough to even think about sharing a selfie of myself like two years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, like onto like at least my hair page, you know, especially like there was no, like none of that. So it's definitely weird. Like people know what my house looks like. Like I had a client be like, Oh my gosh, I like want to get my haircut by you. And then I saw like your house and realized we're like neighbors. And I'm just like, wait, what? You know, like I've been sitting at my like kitchen before eating dinner and then people walk by the street and waving. And it was like Joe's client. Like yeah. fully is like, it's crazy. Oh my gosh, you're going to have to get security at some point. (laughs) They're my security. I kind of live for it. I'm like, okay, that's cool. People are looking out for me. (laughs) This is good. Oh my God. Um, My my partner's Gen X and she always like, she is now getting into social media, but she doesn't understand it. So she always yells at me and she's like, people are going to know what our house looks like. People are going to know where you live and like, they're going to follow you. And I'm like, shut up. They already know. I'm like, you know why hide it if it's like because we can find people we are all fbi at this point like we can find cheaters we can find exes we can find anything on social media so exactly i posted a picture of my mail-in ballot because i was so excited and i had to post my mail-in ballot yeah and my and i posted it and then my partner is named josh and he messaged me and goes you know that our address is on that envelope and, and people are like people are like sending you a present I'm like, what? at first i was like what are you talking about and i'm like ah! yeah it's one crazy person i know right <laughs> oh no yeah so it's definitely interesting to share like a lot more of myself in that way but i mean i think i i'm not hiding it it also mm-hmm. the hair page started for me as a way for myself to document my own portfolio to kind of, for me to realize where I am. I was already doing that with like subtle interior pictures, but then also like I went to college for advertising photography before I left there, but That's I realized, bonus. yeah, it, it helps <laughs> um, <laughs> just kind of like understanding workflows and stuff like that. But I'm sorry, I'm losing my train of thought for a brief moment. <laughs> Just wondering what it's like to feel like a Kardashian going back and forth and back and forth <laughs> for a second. But uh, <laughs> My original question was, do you feel like a, an overwhelming, do you feel like a responsibility or an insecurity about how many people see you Are on Instagram? You. And like, does that provoke anything? Yeah, it does. It makes me feel anxious. But then okay. I also realize that 
this is where it comes in. I like, it's all for me. It's yeah. I'm, I'm documenting for myself to be able to see like, this is what I did. How can I improve it? Or how can I grow? And how can I elaborate on it? If anybody wants to join that ride in, which is like what the following quote unquote is, that's amazing. And I, I, I think it just pushes me to want to grow myself even more, but also to realize that, you know, not to go too fast to where I lose sight of my own personal direction, mm-hmm. um, which I, like I think is something that stay grounded about it. Exactly. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to become famous. I'm not trying to do this. I'm trying to prove to myself that I'm a good hairdresser um, <laughs> and that I'm going to like continue to like grow in any way that I can is really what it boils down to. And whoever wants to watch it can watch it. Exactly. Yeah. That's really cool. I love it. What would you say to someone in the industry who is queer or is exploring the queer world and kind of looking for where they fit in? Like what would, what would your advice to them be? Oof. My advice would be social media is really great because you can find a community there pretty easily. Um, I also think my advice would be to rally behind your own like local community and friendships. Mm-hmm. Even if people don't do hair, the the queer community at large is a pretty uh, visual community. Um, mm-hmm. And you can pull inspiration from anything that any of your friends are into and support each other in that process. I also think just like fully just be yourself on it because the hair industry needs more representation and diversity anyway. So if you're just going to be yourself, you're going to just continue to, like no one's going to have your voice. The only person that will have your voice is yourself. So you have to share yourself and be fully blunt and just authentic with it. And don't try to mimic what other people are doing to the point where it just becomes copying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Beautiful. Yeah. That was great <laughs> advice. I love it. We usually end our <laughs> podcast episodes with the guest sharing either a funny hair story or a horrifying hair story. Oh, Sometimes gosh. it's the same. Sometimes it's the same. Oh my we goodness. have heard everything from clients. No, don't even say it. No, I can't. I don't want to give you watch, you, you can watch episode, <laughs> episode like four okay. to hear those horror stories. Okay. We have had everything. Any, there's no, anything you want to tell us. There's no. <laughs> it's hard. I don't really have element. many horror stories. I'm like really. Or like, a funny ever, story. If you or, fucked up some hair, if you had a crazy client. It, you know, oh my goodness. Maybe you know something. someone else. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be really hard. No. Uh, <laughs> I really not tell me that we your like career to has put not people had on spots. <laughs> horror and humor. <laughs> okay, this is okay. This one's bad, <laughs> and it's on it's on me. <laughs> it's like my fault. <laughs> Isn't how we learn though through. <laughs> Yeah, it was just like, okay, I don't know, actually, this is interesting. It was just like somebody started like the only time I'm really typically really good at like having consultations and like really discussing an individual look. I do think that like sometimes when people show me reference photos that I'm just like, I know like your algorithm, like what plugged in for you Mm -hmm. is like. 10 plus years ago and typically i'm like fine with it and i'll like make suggestions to try to modernize it a little bit and people typically like want that and are excited about it which i always think is great and fine this person (laughs) the in specific i tried to modernize i was just giving it like advice 
I like this for you. I love the idea of you want to go short. Like maybe we could like reference the photo along this way. Cause there was like a random, like was piece. It a celebrity was the photo a celebrity. <laughs> no, it was like one okay. of those Pinteresty ones where it was <laughs> like a MySpace. Yeah. It was like really that, but like <laughs> soft core MySpace. I don't know. Like, it was like really just something. And I was like, okay, there was like shaved bits, but like not even like a 2010 undercut or like something yeah. like that. It was just like, even before that. And I was like, maybe we can take it into like this realm. Like I showed some photo references. I really described to really try to design the haircut because it was mm-hmm. a request. You were just basically redoing. Yeah. I was like, redesigning the shape. We're going to do that, but not at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was really that. Cause I was just, she was like, cool. She was dressed well. I was like, I really just like think this would work for you. And she was so into it, like yeah. so into it. And so we do it. And then after she's like, wait, what and like fully did not like I was like this is exactly what we like described she was just not feeling it or into it it was exactly what we said it would be but I think she might have just been like a yes 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 and then people are so excited they don't really listen to you and you're like did you hear exactly and I know that and I know that and I felt like the vibe so did it grow on her? Did she hate it the whole time? Oh, like, I have happened? no idea. I've never seen her again. <laughs> 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 yeah, Hopefully I, she doesn't know where you live. <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope not. You know, she was really sweet and I feel bad about it. Obviously, you never want anyone to leave your chair unhappy or anything right. like oh. that. It's definitely a situation where it does feel like I know to like pick up on the energy of somebody's just saying like yes without listening. And I already had that vibe, but I still agreed to do it anyway, when I should have just been like, this really isn't like it. Like, it's just not a good match. Did it look, did, were you happy with it? Oh, I loved it. I took photos of it. And then she messaged me. She was like, please delete this photo. Oh (laughs) no. (laughs) Now you're triggered when people say yes, yes, yes. You're like, look me in the eye. I'm like, like, are you sure you want this? They're like, here's a I'm going to cut your hair off at your forehead. Like, (laughs) you know, thankfully that's the majority of my clientele is like, they really come prepared. Like they know what they want. And then Mm -hmm. if they're, if they want my suggestion, there's a little bit of a like reference point that is still in the same world. When something's just like fully out of the, the like even world that you do. It's crazy. But here's the deal. She, she's looked at your work online she's she's looking at you yeah and she's got to think to herself like he's gonna think out of the box he's you know they're gonna bring me this new look yeah there's got to be some level of personal responsibility what she was getting into (laughs) yeah yeah i would say yes um you know but it's fine (laughs) out of it to like super confirm Yeah, I mean, okay. I definitely, like, the, like, next two weeks, I was just, like, really, like, you show me, I'll do, I copy, I do. <laughs> like, I'll do that I am you. your monkey. Yeah, like, I got you. Everyone just left with, like, a bob. Just, like, everyone's walking out with the same bob. Just, like, what is happening? Like, texture, what's that? You just want blunt, right? Like, that's yeah. what you want, right? Like, this will yeah. grow out nice. We just gotta leave it as Exactly, Oh, my God. Those things can be so traumatizing. I You, you gotta almost, like... I always say like, we're all speaking different languages between client and artist and pictures sometimes are very helpful. But like, if you don't know the right words of like what they like about the picture, it can throw, they're like, no, I just like this one piece and you gave them the whole thing. So it can get real terrible. I think really just say, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not my work. <laughs> yeah, I think so-and-so would be better. That's really, that's what I've learned throughout the years is that there's this, there's a level of like, whoever sits in our chair, we have to do it. And yeah. it's really freeing when you don't, when you get to a place where you're like, I, this is, I don't do what you're asking. I do not do. I cannot do. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, we got to get can. better at that. We got to really work <laughs> on that this year is saying no. And it's okay to say no and to share these clients with other people. Absolutely. Because- I wish I would have done it. I think she would have liked her haircut <laughs> by somebody else if I would have recommended it, you know? Um, it's very real. I like, awesome. we would love to see a photo of that. If you want to send it over. <laughs> oh, I we don't have it, it anymore. You're like, you deleted it. Yeah, I deleted you, were, it. you were about to be sued. <laughs> yeah. It was, there's no, there is no proof. <laughs> it was cute though. It was cute. I won't. <laughs> well, Thank, thank you Andy, for sharing. Thank yeah. you for sharing your story. Thank you for being on here. Yeah, if people thank you. want to follow you or message you or DM you, how do they do that? Yeah, um, it is at Andy underscore does your hair. Uh, again, I work at Local Honey East in Nashville, Tennessee. If you ever want to book for a haircut with me, you just call them and it's super easy. Perfect. Um, and they can DM you for a haircut. Most people, I feel like, will just be like, can I cut my, can you cut my hair? Yeah, no, I'm really bad at uh, then, answering my DMs. So oh, if you right. want me we'll to respond to you, right. call at the salon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> yeah, there's front desk people there. <laughs> that is perfect. That's the point. Well, thank right, well, you. Thank you so much. We hope that you have a really good night and a good 2021. Please stay safe. <laughs> Thanks, you too. Yeah. Wear, wear a mask. Yes. <laughs> and yes. Uh, we hope to have you on in the future. I would love that. That'd be great. Perfect. Thanks, Andy. Awesome. Bye. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. But I think today we were going to talk about a different a love kind affair. of love. Yeah, a love affair, a different kind of love. What yeah. kind of love are we talking about, Sid? We're talking about the love of social media. Oh! That's why it's a love affair. It's an abusive relationship. It is toxic <laughs> as hell. <laughs> and everybody freaking hates it. Oh,